Warning, this podcast is intended for adult audiences only. We discuss sex and sexual relationships in a frank and open manner. We are not marriage and family therapists or sex therapists, and the content provided is for informational and entertainment purposes only. If you are under the age of 18 or do not wish to hear explicit discussions about sex and sexual relationships or adult language, then you shouldn't listen any further. But if you are, well, grab your seat, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of The Accidental Swingers. We are now back on and counting, and then everybody can take a sip, another sip. Mm. <laughs> Cheers. Mm-mm. I forgot my beer was full. Your beer is now full. Do you need a towel? Nope. I got it. You just wipe it on your sleeve. Yep. That's my girl. <laughs> Classy. Classy. Yeah. You, need splash, right. you need a splash pad? <laughs> sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. <laughs> you just never know. <laughs> We're Marina and Tristan, a longtime married professional couple in our early 50s. Kids, dogs, cats, vacations at Disney World, you know, the whole nine yards. But in 2018, we decided, after years of kind of talking about it, to live a non-monogamous lifestyle. But it wasn't that easy, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. You see, we sort of accidentally started swinging. Yeah, we did. And we found our story so humorous and fun that we decided to record and chronicle our own journey for ourselves so that we could go back and listen to our adventures later. So we thought that we'd create this podcast so that others may gain some perspective or some insight and maybe even learn a lesson or two about what to do or what not to do in their own journeys. So basically, you're going to join us on our journey in real time because we will include excerpts of our recordings. Some of these will be quick outtakes. Others will be longer conversations about what we are going through or experiencing at that time. So grab a cup of coffee, relax, sit back and join us as we bumble our way through this adventure that we call The The Lifestyle. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to 2021. 2021. 2021. At wow. last. Finally. Mm-hmm. Right? So there was a meme on Instagram, I think it was, it said something like... Yeah, it was... A, so 2021 had the seven-day free trial. Mm-hmm. think I'm going to send it back. Yeah, yeah. Because it's been crazy year already. Yeah, Goodness absolutely. Gracious, yeah. But welcome back, everybody. We hope your holidays went well, that you had a good time in whatever you're doing with you and your family. We had a very low-key holiday season, although we, uh, in case you guys didn't notice, put out two back-to-back podcast episodes, basically. For us, it was back-to-back, but they were like a week apart. Yeah. Yeah, because we wanted to That's get... That's a record. It, it, was, it was hard. It was a lot of work, I'll tell yeah. you. I worked very hard. But we wanted to get our 10th episode out in 2020, because yes. it kind of wrapped up that three-part series on our trip 2018 to Naughty New Orleans. Yeah, it was a perfect segue point. Right, to be done with that and mm-hmm. then move on into the new year. Because we've got some things that are going on and some things that are changing for us, for the Accidental Swingers, all very exciting. There's so much super cool, fun, exciting stuff in the works for us. But one of the things we wanted to talk about was that we're going to um, change things a little bit. Mm -hmm. We are going to work a little bit harder to try and at least publish two podcasts a month. That's our goal. And then we also wanted to mix things up a little bit. We always we love our story episodes. All the 10 episodes that we've done so far are story-based. We call them story episodes because it's us just sitting and talking with you guys about our yeah. stories. And recounting what we've done. Mm-hmm. And on our journey. And so, but some things have come up as we've been talking about our journey that really needed a little bit more, a deeper dive. For instance, we're going to talk about one of the main things we're working on for February is an interview with someone that will help us help you guys talk to your partners about the possibility of getting into the lifestyle. Because that question comes up all the time. How do I talk to my partner about doing this? How do I get my wife interested in wanting to become a swinger? And 
it's a very tough subject to bring up, but it comes up and we get that question a lot from our listeners. So we thought, well, let's do a little bit of a deeper dive into that. Let's try and find out some more information about what other people have done and how to approach that with your partner. So we're working on that episode and that will be an actual interview episode. So where we have someone that we've reached out to, to talk to him about different types of things, sexual fantasies and stuff, and how to bring your partner into that so that you can begin the discussions of perhaps moving forward to opening up your relationship. So we thought about when we thought about changing up some of the format of our episodes, we realized there were a couple different things that we wanted to do in a couple different directions we wanted to go. So uh, the interviews, doing interviews is one. We'd like to do panel type discussions. Mm -hmm. We'll be bringing people on live like with Zoom and we'll be doing panel discussions. And then we're also what we're calling a round table which is where we get together with some other people and we talk about a particular subject. And today is, is our the first roundtable. Is our first roundtable. Although table. looking at it, it's actually kind of quasi-hexagonal. <laughs> it's not round at all. No, but it's okay. We're all we're just crammed in here together around this practically is like a TV tray. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but we, we have, have upgraded over our initial podcast uh, studio, which was a Amazon box in our walk-in closet. <laughs> we have an actual table now, but yeah, we sat on the floor yeah. in my closet. Yeah, with the mics on top of a box. We have we've really upgraded. We have old boom arms now. Yeah, and microphone stands <laughs> and headsets. <laughs> Golly, <laughs> look at us. First world. <laughs> I know, right. So today, on today's episode, we're going to introduce you to our friends. We're going to do a roundtable discussion, and today's episode is going to be about performance anxiety, Mm -hmm. because one of the things that that came up very quickly, as you guys have heard us talking about, is that when you get into the lifestyle, you kind of think it's going to be this great, awesome, how to have sex with everybody, and it's all fabulous, and all the women want you, and you have no, no erection problems at all, and the women are ready to go and we're all on fire all the time and sometimes those things don't happen (laughs) and if you've listened to any of our episodes you know that my dates have had that issue a couple of times Mm -hmm. and Tristan's had that issue a couple couple times times. so we wanted to talk about that because it came up again in our New Orleans episodes as we were recounting all of that for you guys and it comes up really big in our next story episode because we just kept running kind of into these problems right so we wanted to we thought felt like this would be a good time to talk about performance anxiety. So with that, would you like to introduce our friends that are sitting with us here? Yeah, absolutely. So we have the, the beautiful Crimson Dragonfly. Hello. And we have Crimson Dragonfly's husband, Phoenix Fire. Hello. And they are the couple that we've referred to many times over the last several months as our quarantine couple mm-hmm. that we, we rented the beach house with over the summertime. We go on trips and they're the only people that we've seen since COVID and that we see on a very regular basis and we've become very close. So they are nice enough to join us. Welcome, guys. Glad to be <laughs> Why, here. Thank you. It's so wonderful <laughs> to be here. <laughs> We're so happy that you're here. Oh, we're glad to be here. Yeah. So thanks for joining us on this, that we dragged you in here to make, force you to, <laughs> to talk on the podcast, which is really not true. But um, but anyways, yeah. So if you've kept up with us at all in any of our writings, any of the blog posts, you'll see Phoenix Fire's name pop up a lot because we've been doing a lot of work together. And the four of us are working on a separate project together. So you'll see there's a lot of reference to each other in anything that we've written down. And we've talked about it before. 
before. So we're very excited to introduce our quarantine couple to you guys. So everybody, meet Phoenix Fire and Crimson Dragonfly. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello. Yeah. So thanks for um, for coming in and doing this particular episode with us because we all four have talked about this quite in depth, and that's kind of why we thought it would be really fun to do this as our first four way podcast (laughs) i see what you did there (laughs) i did that on purpose (laughs) yes our four-way episode because we all had experiences with this so really fast one of you guys why don't you tell us um, a little bit do you mind sharing a little bit of your story how long you've been in the lifestyle and then who your favorite quarantine couple is (laughs) wow no pressure there No, not at all okay so um I'm sorry, what was the first half of the question? <laughs> well, you only have one bit about answer. Yourself yes, a little and bit about who yourself. your favorite quarantine couple yes, is. Yes, a little bit about yourself, how long you've been in the lifestyle, things like that. So we've been in the lifestyle four five years. years? Four years this four month. Four years. Four years yeah. this month. Okay. COVID makes everything hard to count. It does. Um, yeah, we've been in the lifestyle um, four years. We have our own interesting story, which I'm sure we'll get to eventually, where we ended up connected with a lot of very wonderful people who helped us get our lifestyle journey off to a great start. And then we discovered Nadia in New Orleans as well. And we reached a point where right before COVID started, we wanted to very purposefully shift away and kind of go off on our own and have some of our own adventures. And we were doing that our last time we made it to Naughty. And that's where we all ended up meeting. And then we got into whatever else came next. And then COVID came along. And so our favorite quarantine couple... Uh, became the people we were spending most of our free time with anyway. And so obviously that was you guys. And uh, we kind of locked everything down and we've been very, very close to exclusive, exclusive. I don't want to speak for anyone else, but I think we're exclusive for the last year. Yeah. Almost at this point. Now, since uh, middle of the last party that we all went to together was the middle of February. Right. 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 And then COVID. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost a full year now that we've been completely Well, I can speak for myself. Down. It's just been Crimson Dragonfly <laughs> and Marina since the middle of February. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, depending on where you slice the dates, a, almost a year. Yeah. 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 Wow. That is a long time. And we've been married for 32 years. 32 years? years? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's always this has, month. Someone always has to stop and we do have the math. To, we have to do the math in our head. <laughs> well, our swinger anniversary Holy and shit, our actual and our, our wedding anniversary is on the same date. Yeah, basically it was the same weekend because mm-hmm. that was like an anniversary gift to ourselves. <laughs> that worked out really well. That, that was a, that's a screaming <laughs> anniversary gift. Oh, yes, yes, it, was. Oh, yeah. it worked out really well. <laughs> So long time married couple, and we're all the same age and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So the funny thing is, and you listeners probably may have heard this. I'm not, I don't know, I'm not even sure if we've actually mentioned it or not. So in 2018, so we all live about what, 15 miles from each other? Yeah. yeah maybe most. about a half hour drive time. Yeah, yeah, by the time you drive through. But we had connected or at least touched base with each other on like SDC, but never had met. And we're, we had even like, we just knew you by your screen names, by your, mm-hmm. um, by your profile name and you knew us by our profile name but we would thought we would be in the same places at the same time and we never actually ended up being in the same places at the same time we ended up however all in new orleans in 2018 
Right. And if you listen to the story, did we even mention it? Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the naked so, couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're the, the naked couple us. in the pool with the other older naked couple in the pool. That's you that's guys. <laughs> that was us. That's you guys. So, yeah. And so. I think we spoke for like, I don't know, because we try to go back and piece it together and it's hard. It's, it's been several years. Yeah. I think we spoke for like maybe a minute. Maybe. Yeah. You guys were busy with other people. You're in na- the pool. You're naked people in the in pool. The pool. And, and, <laughs> and you we, were neither naked nor in the pool no, at that point in time. Fully, fully clothed and mortified. <laughs> in case you, oops, in case you haven't heard the part where I'm the prude and like <laughs> Tristan and I are like the only two people in the entire pool area that have had so clothing all of our clothing all on. of your clothing everybody else was missing like at least the women had their tops off and things like that and like everybody else had something missing except for tristan and i i'm sure we probably had sun shirts and hats in class. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't but it felt like that and then except for our other couple that mm-hmm. we ended up meeting and because they had just stopped by to see what the pool looked like so our atlanta couple they were i think we were the only four people that were fully clothed yeah so anyway so we met you guys kind of in passing hey how you doing it was the florida the unofficial florida meet and greet and oh yeah you're you this is us yay and these are everybody else and then you guys took off and because we were part of the group together mm-hmm. um we would message and it would be like okay here's going here who's going here and things like that but still our paths never really crossed again while in that trip on right. that and that 2018 trip so just a, a quick flash forward oh and then we never connected when we got back home either for whatever right. reason no. same no. type of thing i think there was kind of like hey we're gonna be here but it was just we were never in the same place at the same time and as you mentioned phoenix fire that you have friends that you guys were really connected with and that was where you guys were kind of in your journey tristan and i didn't have a group we were kind of finding our way through and kind of figuring out what kind of lifestyle mm-hmm. journey we were going to have so you guys were busy doing your thing and we were off meeting other people and stuff like that so our, our just our paths never crossed until not in New Orleans 2019. Actually, we you came back in in the kick group when I started mm-hmm. the kick group in 2019. Yep. And Crimson Dragonfly, you were part of the women's group mm-hmm. too, I think. But anyways, yeah, so we had started all that kind of back up and then we finally got to meet in 2019, even right. though you live a whole dang 15 miles away. and yeah. <laughs> A whole year gone to waste. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I know, but I think we've made up for last time. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think so. <laughs> With COVID, I think we've been able to make up for all that lost time. Oh, yeah. And we're thrilled that you guys are in our lives, obviously. And it has been an amazing experience. And it were it not for actually for the all four of us kind of doing these mini vacations and things that we did that we talked about the podcast, Tristan and I talked about the podcast and really wanting to do it. And Phoenix Fire said, well, I can help you with that. And I said, okay, yes, let's do that. And we basically built the website from scratch. Yep. Yeah. And you taught me how to do audio editing. We figured it out. We went into um, online and did some research and figured out the best way. And so with all of this knowledge, we put it all together. And here, Tristan and I started our little podcast. And I'm happy to be any part of it that I can. And thank you very much. It's been great. And Crimson Dragonfly is going to be here helping out with the ladies' perspective with me. (laughs) So without much further ado, you ready to get into this? Let's talk about performance anxiety. Yes. We need some like theme music for performance things. No. 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 What not oh. to do. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should have had strangers come on and talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> the four of us. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, so it happens. And that's really what is the biggest takeaway and the biggest key is that it's very common and it happens and it's not a big deal. And it's just something that we all have to, to deal with. And it comes in many different guises. For men, the most obvious one is erection issues, which, you know, over the course of our podcast, I've talked about many times that I, whenever we go out and are playing with a new couple or in any new situation, I always take some sort of vasodilator. Typically it's Viagra. It's just something that is for us, for me, is part of the game because I have a lot of anxiety, which we've discussed, and that anxiety then seems to intrude and interject itself into swinging situations. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a very common thing for a lot of men. Mm -hmm. Even if you've never had an issue before, because we've been married for, well, we've been together for 20, well, married, I don't even know however long. We've been together 28 years. And so I always have to <laughs> coach you up on this. We, we've been together Whatever. 28 years, married 25. Blah, 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 blah. 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 I know, okay. And never, never once an erection issue with us. Right. But then when you introduce new people, new environments, new situations, a new, an entirely new paradigm, which is, oh, I'm not just going to have sex with my wife anymore. I'm going to have sex with these other women as well, often in front of other people. You know, it's intimidating or it can be intimidating. And it was very intimidating for me. And I think that another thing that we've heard pretty commonly is that, especially because you haven't experienced any issues with your wife or your partner for a long time, is that it can take people by surprise. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, you yeah. don't think you're going to, it's not that it's not going to happen to you. Plus, you get to go out and fuck all these people. So why, there's no way in hell you would not be able to get hard for that. Right. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like you think that the world is now your oyster and everything is just about to be perfect for you. And that has a very odd way of biting you in the ass because you, you get into this place and it's very, it is so context specific because some days go really great and then some days don't. And you don't see that coming until mm -hmm. the very last second. And, and there you are. And it's like, oh, this isn't going to go well for me, which means it's not going to go well for you. And whatever it is that is causing me to not be who I like to think of myself as <laughs> the in stud. this moment, the stud, <laughs> the stud, right? Whatever it is, everything that happens next is either going to double down on that or it's going to help you relax and get through it. And so if the first thing that you do is begin to critique yourself you're not going down the path that's going to help you relax right. and get through right. it. So that's one of the biggest things to, to what you just said, right? It's like, this is going to happen. You're going to bump into this. And whether it's because you've met a particular person who intimidates you for whatever reason. There was a particular person that we met our first weekend, mm -hmm. actually. Yeah. She's, she's just a force of nature. She is completely insatiable and unstoppable. And the first weekend we met, she and I played, and it was great. And then, like, all of a sudden, every time I met her at a new party, I couldn't perform. And that went on for over a year. We, we joked about it openly, with laughed her. about it. With her. It All, was very with specifically her. with her. I mean, she's every fantasy you would ever want. And I couldn't perform with her. And I think it was partly because she was just like the epitome that you build up in your mind. And then when that is suddenly within your grasp, for me, I kind of fell into this mode of she has anyone she wants. 
how do I measure up against that? And I think that was kind of like the pivot point where it would start to roll downhill. How do I measure up against? And that was not a positive mindset. And so it didn't go well. And we joked about it. And I remember one day we were joking about it and she said, well, how about if I just like really like wipe all my makeup off, fuck my hair up and black out one or two of my teeth? And I said, oh, my God, that's a great idea. And the only thing worse than that is that it would actually work. (laughs) (laughs) And then very shortly after that, the situation just took care of itself, which is the second point, right? You don't know when it's coming. You also don't know when it's going to just suddenly fix itself. And unless you have a medical problem, almost all of this is based around your anxiety and your headspace in that day. What are you thinking about yourself, the people around you, what you're doing? And you get all that right, everything else works. Yeah. No, and absolutely, because we put a ton of pressure, as men in the lifestyle, we put a ton of pressure on ourselves. And just generally, I mean, we we tend to put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And so a lot of this is self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. And in my own case, and I think in yours and, and in most men's case, you know, if we're with a new partner, we want to, we want to please them yeah. and we want to give them the best experience that we can give them. They're in this for the same thing. They want to experience something new. And so, you know, we want that to be an excellent experience. And so that puts a lot of pressure on us that mm-hmm. is, again, it's self-imposed, but it's real. It is. And I'm going to just like potentially light a fuse here. There's an idea. What? You never do that. <laughs> I never do that. I know. Your audience does not know me yet. I'm trying to buffer a little. Um, Your name has the word fire in I, it. Well, that's true. <laughs> So it's it's one of those things, even if you choose to disagree with me, from the guy's perspective, it's in our head anyway, which is if she's not having a great time, all she has to do is be nice and polite and time will pass and our time together is done and she just moves on to whoever's next. Yeah, that's true. If the guy's not having a good time, everybody in the room knows it because it's really quiet on our <laughs> corner. <laughs> Nothing's yep. happening. And yep. it's like, we don't have the luxury of just smiling and being polite and time will go by and everything will be great. We either perform or we don't. And that, I'm sorry, but that does carry a fair amount of pressure in that situation. You can't hide it. You can't pretend, uh, you know what, this is going great for me. I'm having the time of my life. It's completely obvious that it's not going great. (laughs) There's a telltale sign. There's a telltale (laughs) sign. There is. Right. And if any of you ladies are listening and you're not in the lifestyle yet, I'll give you a clue. (laughs) It's that they're not hard. (laughs) They have a soft penis. <laughs> That's the clue. But I will say, and let me ask really, and I'm, I'm being serious about this, because one of our listeners actually had listened to, I think it was episode seven, and we had talked about the fact that performance anxiety happens even when you least expect it, and even when you don't think it's going to happen. And he mentioned that he mentally was ready to go. Like there was, it was exciting, and his wife was going to be with this guy, and he was like jazzed and got excited even thinking about it but then the minute that it was happening he didn't get hard and he's like why how could i not be hard this is the most exciting thing ever you know my wife's with this man and i'm i'm totally wanting this to watch this and he couldn't get hard and so he was confused about why that happened because he's like, I'm, I'm jazzed. I'm totally excited about it. So why why did that happen? Like that shouldn't have happened for all intents and purposes. That shouldn't have happened. And he, was, and he wasn't thinking or worried. That's what he, his comment was that I wasn't worried about it. I was excited, mm-hmm. all this stuff. And so why still not was not able to get hard. And I think that's incredibly valid. And I think that's one of the things that feeds into the sense of failure on the man's part. Because if you could tell in advance, if you could say, oh, you know, 
uh, he's not really the guy I think you should be with, or um, today's not a good day because we've got bills and I'm worried about the finances or, or whatever. If you could see it coming, you could be a little more forgiving on yourself about it. But I think that's the issue is that for most of us guys, the moment we realize there's a problem is when the dick doesn't get hard. And mm. we're totally into it. Our minds are totally there. We're completely focused. We want nothing more than to give our partner the experience of their lifetime. And frankly, that might be part of the problem, putting oh, a little pressure yeah. on ourselves there. There's only 30 other men at the house party <laughs> that we're competing with in that moment. Now, of course, we're only competing with them in our head, but that's where it all matters, right? right? And so you don't see it coming. You don't think, today I'm having a bad day. What you think is, this is going to be awesome. Wait, what the fuck? Why is <laughs> nothing happening here. And so that's a really difficult question to answer because it happens for a million different reasons. And you're not going to see it coming a lot. And it's going to catch you off guard. It's going to be disconcerting. You're already in bed with someone else. So now you've got to get out of that situation gracefully, which is which can be challenging and difficult. And so this is where I'm going to kind of flip this over to you ladies for a moment, because aside from suddenly I realize there's a problem here and I didn't see it coming and I'm totally into you and I want this to be an amazing experience, but it's not going well. How you respond to that realization in the same moment is well, incredibly important. It's very important. Right. Yeah. And I think we let's talk about that. But let's talk about first, like, so we talked about some reasons it might happen. But let's kind of go through that. What are some reasons or some things that would happen? That would be like, what can you do to help it from happening? What you can do when it does happen? Because it's going to mm -hmm. happen. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is it's going to happen. And guys, even if you have been in situations and you've, you're active in the lifestyle, someday it's going to happen. It just is. And so, and then we can talk about also uh, from definitely from the women's point of view about what you can do, what we can do as your partners to make it better. But let's talk about like why some other reasons why you would have those thoughts. Physical health is a big driver of this and cardiovascular health and nutrition, you know, there, there are a lot of other reasons and physical reasons, but as far as psychological reasons are concerned, there are as many different answers to that question as there are men. Mm. And on any given day, it could be a multitude. So multiply that by even more. There's mm -hmm. just no telling. Mm -hmm. So right. it, it's, re you really can't pin it down. And even in hindsight, you can't go back and say, wow, what, what was wrong? I mean, I was totally into that woman and I just couldn't get and stay hard. I wonder why. Well, you're really probably not going to be able to dissect it that way. It's not something that is simple enough to kind of put a finger on. Mm -hmm. I agree with that completely. But sometimes there are mm, kind of buckets that I think um, if I reflect back, I can say, if I'd really been thinking about this, I'd have seen that there was at least a potential, right? If you've had a bad day at work and you end up working late and now you're rushing to get things ready and you're in the car and you're off to the party and you think everything's going to be great, you know, that bad day at work takes a, an emotional and a physical toll, right? And then you get to the party and you're like, okay, I'm still carrying around my bad day at work, so now I need to relax. So you slam down a few drinks really quick. So now you've had a bad day, you've taken an emotional toll, and you've upped your ante with a couple of drinks faster and earlier in mm -hmm. the evening yeah. than you would like. And so that's one kind of pattern that I can see that has caused me problems in the past, right? You need to be aware of your own headspace as you're going into whatever social event. And I have it happen the other direction as well, where I'm thinking about, damn, I've got a big meeting on Monday. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's worried about next week, right? Same thing. Yeah, and yeah. which yeah, I know. I need to just clear that shit out because that's what the weekend's for, and that's what this party's for. It's and that's easy what this, to say, but, but it's hard yeah, to do. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. And the alcohol is a huge driver, also. I mean, because there you have both psychological and actual physical real effects mm-hmm. that flow from that, and so that's a huge part of it as well. And generalized anxiety over the circumstances that you're in. Right. If you're in a new situation, and I've found this to be true, like if we're going to a party with a new group that we don't know, that in itself is very anxiety inducing. Yeah, that's a huge one for me. I know because we had our little social group before we all met and I had reached just a wonderful level of comfort with them. Mm -hmm. And then we all meet and we start going to house parties with people that we haven't met or hung around with before. And all of a sudden I'm challenged again. And so, yeah, it's like, you know, there's a comfort zone thing there. You're with people you've already been with, you know them, you've kind of gotten through the, hi, my name is so-and-so, would you like to follow? and all that kind of introductory stuff is behind you, Mm -hmm. that's way more comfortable and familiar than going to a house party where you don't know anyone. You don't even know the host. You're there because you knew a friend of someone who got invited. And that's, for me personally, that's far more challenging. I'm very much an introvert, and it's difficult to jump into that environment, and everyone else is talking like they've known each other forever, and they're all having a great time, and I'm standing in the corner with my drink in my hand going, how do I introduce myself to any of these people? They're all busy already anyway. That can be a big challenge. Oh, absolutely, and I can completely relate to that. That's that's my M.O. (laughs) 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 And that, that, and also just, it also depends upon the dynamics of where you are and for example you know whether we're in a playroom at a club or at a party if there are people talking and just chatting around us i find that extraordinarily distracting and i can't get my brain in the right spot and i need to have my brain in the right spot for the rest of my body to be in the right place and and that's something that that's just going to happen you know and i'm getting better at it right the last 10 months notwithstanding now i need to start <laughs> over again right, right. we right. all do right yeah we all yeah, do. We've been talking about that So there's another aspect, though, that kind of kicks in traditionally when you move from monogamy to non-monogamy, and that is the use of condoms Mm -hmm. with your partner. Yeah, that's huge. So we've talked about some emotional drivers and some contextual drivers, and you find yourself in a situation that's uncomfortable, can't perform. But this whole thing with condoms, this is a whole other issue, and... For our female listeners, we all experience our own life through our own five senses. So I know what the condom does for me in terms of changing the sexual experience. I can only imagine what it does for anyone else, and specifically women. I can't even imagine how it changes the feel for you. But for guys, it's a huge thing. Someone said to me once in a joking way that pressure, temperature, and friction were the three most important forces in nature. That makes a lot of Mm. sense. The condom completely takes away friction. There's no sense of friction anymore for a guy. You just feel the pressure shifting on you as you have sex. And so it essentially takes away one third of the physical mechanics of what sex is all about. 
And we know that. We know that experientially. So at this point in the game, it's not just a matter of, well, I put the condom on and it's not going to feel as good. As soon as you know you have to put the condom on, then you know it's not going to feel as good. And now you're back to what's going on in your head, not just what's going on with your body. So it's totally not surprising that we keep hearing all of these stories where the moment the guy tries to put the condom on, Mm -hmm. the erection just goes away. He can't Mm -hmm. even get the condom on Mm -hmm. because there's nothing left to put it on to. Mm -hmm. And I can relate to that. I've been in that experience myself. You know, it's like you, you work as hard as you can. You get as hard as you can you encourage your partner and you get all the energy and then you grab the condom and it's like i've got three seconds i've got to get this thing on and get back inside her or we are done for the night there's no pressure that doesn't sound like pressure at all i've been on the other side of that (laughs) well yeah exactly and it goes back to we want our partner to have the best experience ever we also want to be incredibly respectful so if she says i need you to wear a condom that's non-negotiable we have to do that and so that's a good deal of pressure in that moment to say this isn't going to be as fun as me i don't get to be selfish i've got to make this work i've got about three seconds to get this thing on and keep the energy moving forward because if the tide starts to go out i'm fucked Mm. it's really hard to recover once you've crossed that line Mm. and i'm in no way saying that condoms are bad or we shouldn't use them i'm not saying that at all i'm just saying from a guy's perspective there are a couple ways to think of this when you're first getting into the lifestyle if you've been married a long time you haven't worn a condom in 20 years and now someone says you got to put a condom on fuck i'm not even sure if i remember how those things work Mm. they come with an instruction book can you you help me out here there's youtube videos In the, and, in the days when we grew up, you had to use cucumbers and bananas, but now there's, there's YouTube videos. And, and we're joking about it, but I mean, it does come as like a sudden, oh, I, I didn't think of that. Fuck. I, I don't have any. I've got to go get one. And But you have to kind of, you know, work your way back into that. And then the other thing, too, for us, again, we found ourselves in a very tight-knit social group. And there was a circle of trust policy. So once you were in the group and you were established and everyone knew you, whether you used condoms or not was very much a personal choice of you and whoever you were playing with at the moment. And for the most part within that group, as long as it was the core group, the rule of thumb was no one really wanted them. And so that's kind of how our first couple of years in the lifestyle went. And we we had talked about it in advance. We were totally prepared to use them. And then we figured out that in this group that wasn't a requirement so we were very thankful for that i was very (laughs) thankful for that so anyway my point is that if you're not used to using condoms and then suddenly you need to use them again that can be a real challenge and the challenge is one of timing it's one of the story you're telling yourself in your head about how it's going to feel if you put the condom on versus how it's going to feel if you leave the condom off and to some degrees it's a little bit about how prepared you are to handle that so i had one situation where we were in the social group where predominantly circle of trust was in effect no one in the social group had asked me to put on a condom in months and I ended up meeting someone new and we went to play and just when things were about to get interesting she leaned over reached in her bag whipped out a condom and said could you put this on and I said 
sure. And then the rest of our time together didn't go all that well. Mm -hmm. And so that was about being caught off guard, right? So that was that was pretty clear in that moment what was going on there. What's interesting, what's challenging, the, the part that guys feel bad about trying to explain to their partners, whether you can actually understand it or not, is how just the thought of having to do that unexpectedly begins to shut me down. So from a man's perspective, then, should you always assume that you're going to need to wear a condom so that it doesn't catch up? Because you're not going to be standing out in the kitchen going, oh, but if we, if I ask you to go to a player, you're going to make me put on a condom. You so, can't say that. Right. You should you expect that. that that, don't you think you should just expect that that's going to be expected of you if it's someone that you've never played with before? That's probably a safe statement. Yeah. Certainly if it's a house party and it's not the circle of trust kind of situation that I described, you mm -hmm. should definitely expect that. And so that's just part of being being in the lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the part where we just get to man up and say, we've got to deal with this. We've got to figure it out. Um, there are, I don't want to, I'm not trying to say it's our partner's responsibility to make it go well, but there are a lot of things that you can do and say that will either help or hurt very quickly. And so if you're in a position where someone asks you to put a condom on, whether you expect it or not, if you're challenged in that moment about accomplishing that, a graceful partner can help you through that very quickly. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all understand, right? Well, if you just suck my dick for a few minutes, I'll get hard. Then I can put the condom on and I can fuck you. But I'm, I'm not being that coarse about it. I've had a multitude of responses, some of which were helpful and some of which were not. And basically, I can break it down into two broad groups. And then I will hand the conversation to two ladies and you <laughs> can tell us how you feel about this. But from my perspective, and Tristan, chime in if you agree or disagree. There are two broad groups here. There's group number one. Oh, your dick isn't getting hard? Fuck, I didn't know you had a problem. Why am I in here wasting my time with you? How quickly can I get out of this? That's group number one. Then that's not what they say. That is not what they but say. That's what but you their feel. body language okay. mm -hmm. and their tone of voice and what they do next all contribute to that message getting communicated. Mm -hmm. And then there's a totally separate group. And that group is, look, neither one of us is in our 20s anymore. I have seen everything under the sun. This is just a challenge and I love a challenge. I am going <laughs> to make you get harder than a fucking rock and we are going <laughs> to fuck for hours because there is no way I'm leaving this bed until you've satisfied me. God love those women. <laughs> <laughs> With that as a launching pad, how do you ladies feel about that, whether it's a condom or not? In that moment where it becomes apparent that I'm having an off moment with you, mm -hmm. what is your response to that? And I mean, it's important. I want to really understand how that affects your sense of, do I find you attractive or not? Because that's the thing, right? We want to give our partners an amazing experience. All of a sudden, our body is not cooperating against everything that's in our mind. Our body is not cooperating. And we can't forcibly do anything about it and immediately it becomes shit she's gonna think i'm not into her and that's totally wrong potentially totally wrong in every way how does that feel from your side of the mattress when we're doing everything we can and we're totally into you and we want this time to be amazing and our body just isn't cooperating in the moment I was going to ask Tristan really fast, do you feel like there's any other camps? Are there any other, do women fall into any of those other categories in those two from your experience? My gut says yes, because it's a pretty binary choice there. I don't think I've ever encountered the first group, which is what the fuck's wrong with you? And then I don't know if that's a generational thing and or just the people that we have landed with. 
typically it's only been an issue for me a couple of times, but it, when it has, it's been a completely understanding thing. And it also might be an, a matter of experience. I think that if you're True. experienced in the lifestyle as a woman, you know. You've come across it. Oh, yeah. Many times. It's going to happen. So it's not that big of a deal. Right. So I'm not sure. But my sense is that there's a broader spectrum of responses out there. I think that that's not unrealistic. Those two kind of camps. Either it's going to women who handle it well and women who don't. I just didn't mm-hmm. know if there was anything out there that I wasn't thinking about that where somebody might fall into. That's why I was just asking you. Like yeah. you'd had anything else that was kind of be either they're going to be supportive or they're not. Or right. yeah, I mean, I, I or it's just or it's just being realistic and not being realistic women who have experience in the lifestyle know that this is going to be going to happen from time to time and you just deal with it. I have a wonderful tongue and wonderful fingers. And so that's exactly what I was going to say. And Mm -hmm. that's a really good point is that that's one thing I would want men to also understand is that your dick isn't working. Women will be either perhaps more understanding or not, depending on your relationship with them. But if you're willing to jump right back in and go, hey, this is not an issue. I've got plenty of other good stuff that mm-hmm. I can do, or let's try this. Or, And if you're with a partner who is savvy enough to work with that, then yeah, then it doesn't have to be the total end right. of an right. evening. It I doesn't mean, have to be all about the cock. You've, right. Like you said, you've got a mouth, you've right. got fingers. There's other ways to please a woman besides just fucking. And I completely agree with that. And to be fair, I'm sure there are multiple other camps. Those two broad groups are my experience in our entire lifetime of lifestyle experience, I can honestly only think of two specific times where I tried that and I was explicitly told, nope, I am looking to get fucked. So if that's not what's going to happen here, I need to get back out there to the party and find my next target. Right. Wow. <laughs> wow. And then you never play with her again. And then I never play with her again. That's I mean, exactly that's, right. Yeah. Wow. And that's what I was going to say too, is that, well, then at that point, do you really care? Oh, Oh, no. I right. mean, that's I mean, a good point. Yeah. And that's um, one of those happened very much later in my experience. So I had a, a little experience to fall back on at that moment. I basically said, look, I'm having an off night. I understand exactly where I'm at. Here's what I can do for you. And I would love to show you a great time. And she said, I'm not interested. Thanks. Okay, cool. Moving on. Right. No harm, no foul. The first time it was a little stranger and her exact quote which was interesting because about a half a year later, I just randomly bumped into someone and we were talking. It was a house party. So, you know, we're talking about other adventures and house parties and whatnot. And he said, yeah, I met someone like that once. And she said, oh, I don't really like fingers in my pussy. And I said, oh, there is no way we're not talking about the same person because it was exactly the words that she said to me too. And that's a really unusual phrase for someone to say to you. And so those were the two experiences. And I think, for whatever reason I wasn't their cup of tea in the moment that's fine the party went on everything was great but I think what's important is that in that moment where we're trying our best and it's not going well if what you say comes across as encouraging or in any way supportive that goes a long way and if what you say comes across as dismissive that's pretty much over yeah in that moment absolutely mm-hmm. and as the woman you can still have a good time if you're open to having a good time but <laughs> oh, yeah. if you shut it down like that no, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here is my off the cuff, just kind of thinking in my head. If I'm with a man that I want to be with, that I'm attracted to, we met at whatever the situation was, the venue, party, meet and greet, whatever it is, and we get down to playing and he can't get hard. If I'm interested and attracted to that man, then I don't care. 
than because we can have a good time. To get me into a bed, we've connected already. We've made that connection. We, whatever the level, intellect, charm, wit, I talk about it all the time. Those are the things for me that I find sexy and attractive. So if we're in bed, those things already exist for me nine times out of 10. So for me, if that were happening, then the odds of me saying it's over, hit the road, I'm going to go find somebody else are pretty slim Mm -hmm. because I'm digging you and I want to fuck you. And if not, we're not going to be able to actually fuck. I don't care. We're still going to do something because I dig this particular person for me. So what I'm saying is if someone said that, then if I was like, yep, okay, no, it's over. It may be because I wasn't really that interested in the first place. And it was just kind of, I mean, I don't mean to sound crass and that's not my style anyways, because I wouldn't usually end up in a bed with somebody that I wasn't interested in with, you know, in playing with. Right. But I can't speak for everyone, but I'm kind of saying like, if, like you said, do you really care? Like she said, no, I'm out of here. Like, well then I know you personally, Phoenix, and I know that you like to have that connection as well. And so f- if that's not there, that it wasn't probably wasn't going to be great in the end. That's anyways. a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What, I, what about for you, Crimson Dragon? Generally the same. I have been at parties where I've been with somebody. I was like, okay. And I can remember one specifically where he just kept apologizing. And I'm always like, not a problem. But he over apologized over and to the point where I just felt really super uncomfortable. And it was just like, okay, we need to stop. And it was like, if he'd have just said, can't do it here, let me go down on you. Let me finger you, please you. That would have been great. But he just kept over and over again. And he kept trying to fuck me. And it was just, this is not good. So that that was really uncomfortable. So I would really highly recommend don't over apologize because it's uncomfortable for both parties in that situation at that time. And I agree with that. And I think the over-apologizing is a guy's way of hyper-focusing on the negative aspect of what's happening. And you can always hyper-focus on the negative or you can spin it to the positive, right? So for myself, and again, this comes after a couple of years of working through evenings that didn't go well, but I've reached the point where once I realize this isn't going to go well, I'm incredibly direct and honest with my play partner at that moment. So there are two things, right? They both are wrapped around how your body's responding to whatever is stimulating you at the moment. We tend to talk a lot about this topic, performance anxiety, erectile dysfunction, as the inability to get a hard-on. But there's a second part to this, which is you can get a hard-on and then you just never come. And that can be perceived as a problem too. And so either time, either one of those situations arises, I've just reached the point where I'm very direct and honest with my play partner. And I say, look, here's where I'm at. I would love to please you. There are many other things we can do here. I'm at your disposal. What can I do to make you happy at the moment? Those are the kinds of conversations you want to have. And those are the kinds of conversations that you want to be receptive to. To over-apologize is to focus on my failure and not my partner's pleasure. That's putting the focus in the wrong place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then the other thing is to be so caught up in, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to orgasm. I'm not going to be able to orgasm. Not that big a deal, really. It's amazing amazing to watch a woman I'm with have an orgasm. So I totally understand that from the woman's perspective, it's amazing to watch the partner that you're with have an orgasm as well. But if that's not in the cards for me on that given night, that's okay. I'm totally okay with that. I can have a great time. I can show you a great time. And we don't need to focus on what isn't going to happen. We can focus on what is going to happen. And that goes a long way. I think that I never realized that men would get hard and could have sex and not come. I didn't know that that was a thing. I knew, obviously, from being a woman who did not orgasm vaginally for 50 years. (laughs) 
<laughs> that that would happen. And it doesn't even always have to happen now. I will still have, I can have sex. And if mm-hmm. I don't have an orgasm, it's still okay. It mm-hmm. still feels good. And it's still amazing. I, I think in society grew up, I never knew any differently because anybody that I was ever with would get hard. You would fuck and he would come. And I never realized that that wasn't the end game for men all the time right. either. So that may be an issue as well. Is like if you've never uh, been with someone who doesn't. I've learned to appreciate it because they can go on and on and on and right. on. Right. And so, <laughs> right. So I didn't, I didn't see any uh, <laughs> downside. <laughs> Yes. So here's. But I hadn't experienced that until we got into the lifestyle. And there is that sense of it's not going to be completed for both of you. Right. So it, it took a little bit of getting used to, but. And not knowing that that was okay made me feel like I wasn't doing a good job also. If I can't, if you're excited by me and you're get hard and you can fuck me, but you can't come. Am I not moving the right way? Am I not? So- and there it is. There it is. There's mm-hmm. where your play partner begins to judge herself based on your performance. So, But really do men not judge themselves on oh, whether or not absolutely. women come? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Again, I'm saying all of this, this whole conversation is so much more about what you're thinking about what's going on and so much less about what's really going on. And as you said, Crimson Dragonfly, I didn't have an awareness of this having sex and not coming and that's okay until we got in the lifestyle. And one of our very good close friends that we made very early on, that's common for him. It's an event if he has an orgasm. So in his case, everyone knows that. Everyone knows him. Everyone knows that it's expected. It's just the way it is. But it kind of opened my head to the idea that, oh, that's not the end-all be-all. So now we're going to take a a little bit of a potential left turn here for a second, because there's an intersection of these ideas, which is very, well, for me it was at least, very lifestyle-specific, which was before the lifestyle, we were living a fairly normative, average, middle-aged, middle-class, married for 30 years, two kids, 2.5 dogs and cats, the whole nine yards, right? And this was our life. And then we get in the lifestyle. Then we get the master class in the (laughs) lifestyle with the social circle that we quite luckily ended up falling into. And so we're having so much more amazing, incredible sex than we could have ever imagined. And so events like Naughty or just three-day weekend long house parties at someone's house. And what happens is Friday's great. Saturday's awesome. You roll into Sunday and you honestly start to think a nap isn't a terrible idea either. (laughs) (laughs) And so by Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, that was literally, that was the first time I went to another man in the lifestyle and said, dude, I'm, I'm having some trouble. Do you have any of those little white pills you take? And it wasn't that it was a dysfunctional kind of thing. I was just almost exhausted. (laughs) It had been an amazing three days and I was struggling to keep up. Mm -hmm. And so that's a different thing. It's like, that's, I hate to even call that performance anxiety or erectile dysfunction. It's literally just, I'm used up, but there's six more hours in the weekend. I'm not quitting yet. How do I get through this? (laughs) And that's where, you know, better living through creative chemistry starts to come into play. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really good point too, to bring that up um, really fast because we've talked about it in the podcast. 
asked as well about using a Viagra or Cialis or mm-hmm. something like that, but that it's important to talk to your doctor about that. And we advocate that. And it, it's hard to talk to your doctor about that sometimes because doctors sometimes will be fussy because there's not a medical, quote unquote, medical need for you to have it. But there is a need, you know, <laughs> right. it, whether you need it or want it. But I think that it's in really important to talk to your doctor about that because erectile dysfunction, there are serious medical issues that go along with it. And so they do want to monitor you for blood pressure mm-hmm. and things like that. Correct. What is, do you remember what your doctor talked to you about? Well, if you're actually having erectile dysfunction, then yes, there can be underlying medical issues. Right. We're talking about the recreational use of right. vasodilators. And right, so right. But I mean, they, they, you want them to know because oh, yeah, it causes, so you don't want to take it if it's not going to be good for you. Yeah. It can potentially exacerbate other issues if you have you know, pre-existing conditions that can be exacerbated. So, so yeah, you need to be open and honest. And that's a great conversation. And even within the social circle that we were in, so this was probably just our second year in, you know, so we're, we're in this tight social group. Everything's going wonderfully. The weekends are so amazing that I can't keep up. So now I'm asking my friends to borrow medication and it doesn't take more than a couple weekends of that. And you're like, well, screw this. I need to find my own supply and this requires a prescription. So now I've got to talk to my doctor. And I remember at that point in our journey, sitting around and talking with our friends, how honest are you with your doctor about what's going on in your life? So this is way beyond the scope of just erectile dysfunctions. This is erectile dysfunctions, STDs, normal health and cardiovascular health. And what am I doing to not just not get sick? What am I doing to make sure that the next 20 to 30 years of my life are as healthy as I can possibly make them? Because I suddenly realize there's a whole lot of living left Mm -hmm. to be done. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm in my mid fifties and I am nowhere close to finished yet. So how honest are you with your doctor? And we kicked that around for a month or so, I remember. And I finally just said, screw this. Why would I be embarrassed at all? And so I made an appointment and I went to my doctor and I said, look, here's the deal. We're not monogamous. This is completely consensual. We're both on board. I need to get a regularly scheduled STD screen on my calendar here. And I need these little white pills. So what do you and I need to talk about? And she was very accepting. There was no judgment. She was very accepting of her life and our chosen lifestyle. She pushed back against the vasodilators probably three months of back and forth before she finally said, all right, you're being very responsible. You're you're living a modern life. Literally, when I told her that we were non-monogamous, she laughed out loud at me. <laughs> and she said, well, duh. <laughs> so it did take a lot of Debate isn't the right word, but I had to be persistent. I didn't want to go on the black market. Totally capable. I'm very familiar with the internet, and I could have gone online and just bought them, but then who the hell knows what I'm really taking? Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to buy from a legitimate source with a legitimate purpose behind it. So open conversations with your doctor are really important. And I got lucky that that worked out well for me. We know people that it has not worked out well with. And the general consensus from those conversations a few years back was, if your doctor isn't supportive of your lifestyle, you should probably get a new doctor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. One of my caveats or one of my sayings that I like to say is that there are four people that you never lie to, your wife, your doctor, your lawyer, and your accountant. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good plan, Mm -hmm. Tristan. (laughs) Well, I will tell a really quick story on that same subject. So when we entered the lifestyle, 
I knew I needed to tell my doctor as well. So I told Tristan and I totally <laughs> confessed that I was going to throw oh him under God. the bus. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> I was so embarrassed to tell her, but I knew I needed to tell her that I had multiple partners, that I was moving into a multiple partner situation. And so I told her that Tristan and I had separated and I was now dating. <laughs> <laughs> I was very good at it. <laughs> good at the dating part. <laughs> and so, and of course, she didn't bat an eye. And she's like, okay, so let's talk about different things. Because I, you know, as a woman, I wanted, I'm still childbearing. And so I wanted to talk about birth control. And I wanted to talk about condoms. And I wanted to talk about STIs and same type of thing. I need to make sure that that was on my routine. Like, am I getting tested twice a year? Let's make sure that that's written down. Making sure that I don't fall behind on pap smears and now it's even more important to get those things done but i was so terrified to tell her that we were you know had opened our marriage into non-monogamy so i like i said i totally threw tristan under the bus and i said (laughs) we've gotten separated but i was out dating all these people so i needed to do all these other things and i still think i haven't come clean with her about that particular piece but then because when our age there's lots of things naturally that are going to start happening and so when you add having lots of different sex with lots of different people and condoms caused me a huge problem so i had to work, learn how to work around that i was getting issues so i ended up going to my gynecologist because i wanted to make sure i was not hurting myself anymore like i was just having some issues and things and but i was a little bit more less vague with her and she said something about uh well when you're when you're open and you have sex with a lot of people so the way i was telling her like she knew Mm -hmm. and that was so nice that she just said it so i didn't have to and then i could say yes i am and so like these condoms cause problem and this is what i'm doing here and this is what i'm gonna do about this and she said yep those are great things to do and let's just make sure that we keep you on track with this and it makes it easier when you're honest with your doctor and you don't yeah well and i think that that's so important because when i read a lot on Reddit and a lot of the women will talk about some of the experiences or issues that they're having. And we, I think we all have them, but we don't Mm -hmm. talk about them. And that's part of what we want to make sure the foster in this community is that we can talk about those things because there's so many ways to handle issues that you have. For me, it was just terrible having sex with condoms, but I don't not have sex without condoms with new partners. And so I had to learn how to to work through that. And to your point, Phoenix, when you were talking about the condoms themselves, I was going to say, I think when 28 years ago, when when we first started dating, Tristan, and you had to use condoms, and I wasn't on the pill, that you got to buy Trojans or not Trojans. I mean, that was like, right. there were two condoms were available. Yeah. yeah, It was either right. Walmart brand or Trojan. I mean, I don't even remember, because everybody just Magnums and Trojans or whatever it was, and that was what there was. But those have come a long way. Right. There's and, a cornucopia of condoms out there. Right. right. And if you don't know any differently, if you've not been out there having active sex, you don't really know that. So take the time. There's even um, condoms that are specifically made for different, like men, I guess you can send in your size mm-hmm. and that kind yeah. of stuff. And you they can, will yeah, custom, custom made. made. Yeah. yeah. So it reminds me of when we went to our first naughty event that we actually spent over a month. Yep. We bought all different types of condoms. We had like you know, a we had latex, non-latex, thin, super thin. And we just practiced up until so that he would be ready for naughty. That's a and, great and idea. And we, we knew which ones he liked yep. that he felt. I mean, we sat there and compared them all and which ones felt better. And I, I think it really probably helped 
you going into naughty as far as yeah, getting well, and, that practice and with off, the different types mindset, of condoms. Like we already said, yeah. right? It's like yeah. I'm kind of through the whole got you know, three seconds to get this thing on and get moving forward again. You know, it gets you comfortable with the idea and the notion. And we approached it with a sense of humor. And so that helps too. It takes the pressure off. It's like, all right, we're going to try something new. Today we're going with non-latex, super non-lubricated, <laughs> non-flavored, premium... <laughs> Whatever. Um, and at the end of the day, and for anyone listening, I will say, sometimes it's really difficult to be able to compare the experience of what we just did tonight with what we did last Friday night with the other condom out of the blue box instead of the orange box. So you may have to go multiple, multiple rounds and repeat experiments. I'm just saying, right? Yeah, the test. <laughs> Block off some time on your calendar. This is important work. Mm, for science, right? <laughs> It's all for science. It's all for science. My bullshit flag is... My bullshit feelers are waving. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. You might want to go wash those off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually think that's a really good point. And I think Tristan and I have talked about that too in, in one of the episodes is that to try different things or for me, different things that actually worked as well. Because for me, who I am very sensitive to... I, mean, I can't say I'm allergic to latex because apparently people who are allergic have like really bad reactions but I definitely know I am sensitive to it because I can tell when I fuck somebody that used a latex condom versus a non-latex condom so I prefer the non-latex for mm -hmm. sure and one of the things we talked about even in our screw-ups in Naughty was if I want to make sure that my experience is good that I need to carry the condoms with me that I, that work for me the condoms in the lube and and so in talking about trying out the different things if you haven't been active in the sexual world for a while that's a really great mm -hmm. idea and i think we did something similar tristan didn't we did we do some practice with different ones and i will admit i will take full responsibility for the one that i hate practicing with condoms because i hate using them so i'm not as nice about it no you're not nice at all about it <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think that the direct quote is, why don't you practice with condoms on your girlfriend? <laughs> and oh, we I still haven't done that yet. <laughs> <laughs> mm. and how, oh, so how's that going? Well, I still haven't gotten a whole lot of practice. <laughs> well, it's also COVID. And so we're like, well, yeah, the odds of us it's fucking be months. anybody. Right. It's <laughs> fucking anybody else. It's we'll wait until soon. the spring and see how things look. And then maybe we'll start using condoms. <laughs> Practicing, again. practicing with condoms. Yeah, because it's going to have to happen. But it, but it really, in reality, if if you haven't and you're coming into the lifestyle, first of all, you must assume you will be wearing condoms. It is not good to assume that you will not be. Absolutely. So get used to wearing them. But practice with them. See what you like. Ladies, see what you like your partners to use. Lube is just as important. I found, um, I didn't know that I also had a sensitivity to some types mm -hmm. of lube. Some are definitely better for me than others. I'll end up with problems. I have a lot of discomfort if I use the wrong stuff. So that's why it's so important for me to have my own. But practicing, trying out all, all sorts of different things, make it fun. Go to the sex store and buy all the little individual ones to try and the little, little travel packets of the different types of lube and things and, and see what there is that's out there. If you are not sensitive to latex, there's a world of funky different types of condoms and feelings and the ribbed and the unribbed and the flavored and the whoozy what's it's I don't know but do make that of something that you should try and do because you're gonna run into problems again like we're talking about if you especially if you're going into the lifestyle 
and you think you're going to always have these great, huge hard-ons, it's not going to happen. So you need to be used to being able to put on a condom and get that, that out of your head. The, the fact that you're going to get stuck by that. It can't be a blocker for you. Right. Just get used to it. The so, other thing, too, I'm sorry, I didn't, I, the, the other thing, too, that I've talked about is that one of the things that I would like to do is get better at helping the men put on condoms. Because I never learned that skill. I never had to. Why are you smirking at me, Phoenix? So, <laughs> one time, only one time, and there's a much longer story behind this, but we'll save that for a different day. I actually had a play partner who said, I need you to wear a condom. And I said, okay. And she said, I'll put it on for you. And I said, okay, that was excellent. Yeah. And then she tore open the package and she threw the condom in her mouth and she went down on me. And a minute later, the condom was on. And when we talk about (laughs) there are things that the ladies can do that are positive and supportive versus things that the ladies can choose to do that are potentially not positive and supportive, putting a condom on with her mouth... Was a huge boost. <laughs> the rest of the whole like playtime, it was such a jump start. Mm-hmm. Emotionally, physically, I'd never seen anyone do it before. It had novelty to it. It was just, and I'm not saying you should all learn to do that, although I'm certainly not saying you shouldn't all learn to do that. But, you know, when you look at how does the other half of what's going on in the room respond in that moment, her response, it was very proactive. It was very positive. And if she had done it with her hands instead of her mouth, it still probably would have been almost as good just because of the positivity and the ownership of, hey, I know this is a challenge for you. And I know enough about how men work that just making it part of the act of sex instead of something you have to do before you get to have sex with me was a huge positive boost for my ego. It made me feel desired. It it was just, I mean, I'd already been in the lifestyle for almost three years when that happened. And it was shockingly positive. Just her taking total ownership of the situation and saying, I get this covered. Just lay down. And in a minute, you'll never know this was even an issue. Yeah, and that was beautifully stated because I've had that experience as well. Not with the mouth. Well, I I have had a woman put it on with her mouth, but it wasn't quite as good as what you just described. (laughs) But I did. Ha- I have had a recurring partner who does it with her hands, and as you state, and I hadn't really thought about it that way. But what you just said is is amazing. That yeah, it's just part of oh you know, yeah. She made she made it a sensual act and a part of the play. Yeah, and yeah, that was it was great. That makes sense. You're not stepping away from that whole scene to mm-hmm. okay. Let's stop and put the condom on. It was part of foreplay. It was part yes. of everything together. Right. Yeah. When, and when it's left to my own devices, I think I mentioned this in episode seven or eight. You know, and, and you said earlier, you've got three seconds. <laughs> like the clock is ticking. <laughs> right. Going back to the like the friction piece that you said, I always have to put some lube inside of it. In oh, order, I've and, heard that's a great trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I always do that. But so that's an extra step. Mm-hmm. So now you're down to like you two, know, seconds. two seconds, right? <laughs> exactly. So just the whole process when it's left to me and if it's dark and then I have to make sure it rolls the right direction and that, that takes another half a second right. or more. Yep. It's just a, it takes a lot of practice. But when you have a woman who can do those things for you and make it hot and make it sensual and make it part of the foreplay, it makes all the difference. It really does. Yeah, absolutely. Because then it's not, a, it just takes that uncomfortableness away from it. Mm-hmm. And it's just part of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we may have to. We, a, we might have to practice. I know. I guess so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you volunteering? Okay. <laughs> oh, really? I was going to say, we have to get, I guess we'll go get some bananas and cucumbers because 
No, we can save you that class. <laughs> well, I mean, in, in health in health class in high school, that's how you had to do it. Was on a banana or a cucumber. So what? Were you using real live human subject? Mm. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really available. good. But I, I really think that's a really good point because I hadn't heard it like that either. I mean, Mm-mm. I thought about it and said, "Oh, I should learn how to do this." Just out of the fact knowing that I want to be helpful. I've had a lot of experiences where it has not gone well and where the guy has gotten soft and knowing that I'm sorry, it's a non-negotiable issue. So how do I, I feel badly because I'm feeling like I'm making them put on this condom that sometimes they use or they don't use, but that's my rule. And so how do I make that less of an issue? And And I feel guilty about it too. And so I've seen it where we've walked into, I've been at a party and we're on the bed or whatever. And I've, and I have said, do you have a condom? And you can see the deflation, like, oh, fuck, you know, and I'm like, oh, shit, like, we never even talked about mm-hmm. this. Like, so that's why I was saying to you, to you, Phoenix, is that maybe you guys just need to have the expectation that that's going to happen. Yeah. Because it feels awful right. for me to do that. Like, instead of feeling like, oh, maybe I will, or maybe I won't just assume that you do. Right. You know, and of course, with you guys, for your particular group, you're, you guys were very close and intimate and had a really tight knit circle. Tristan and I came into this, we don't have a group like that. Mm-hmm. We still we were just kind of coming together with a group like that, you know, when we met you guys and towards the end of last year, when we were all playing together, and we were kind of making our own kind of group together but still we didn't get to that point and so I think that what I want to make sure for my own self is that I learn how to do that and to make that process better and easier as well because I I feel guilty and I feel like it's disappointing if I say something to some to someone and it's not like you can walk in and you wear a red color wristband for <laughs> you're a condom user yeah. and a you know in a green or whatever it is they just there's no way to, to but tell I think you're right things. it should be assumed that everybody's gonna wear a condom mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. right. Normally it's, that's true. Normally at any big, true. And you go in prepared. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. And at any big house party or any big greedy girl parties or mm. anything like that where mm-hmm. we've been, where it's been kind of a, a large group of people that don't know each other, that's where that's, you expect there's that. There's always an assumption. Then yeah. there's yeah, the, the group where you're meeting these people and it's a smaller, little bit more intimate gathering, but it's still maybe you know, 10 couples or even 15 couples. So it's, you know, 20, 30 people and they all have levels of knowledge with each other and you're coming into that group and that's kind of what we started to experience mm-hmm. towards the end of the year. And and they all, some of them knew each other well, but mm-hmm. then we're coming in as, as new people in their group and so you just don't really know where that stands either. And I think that that was... I mean, we didn't run into any problems with them no, as no. well. And but I, I think I, that that's where there there can be a disconnect. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of that middle ground. And I, and I always go in assuming... And I always carry... Uh, I always use um, the non-latex because I just make the assumption that there's going to be a latex sensitivity. And I just I just always make that assumption that that's what I'm going to do. I've had circumstances where I've, like, I had my little bag, I was ready to go, and I was just pushed down on the bed and fucked. <laughs> I mean, and she, like, didn't, there I, I didn't even have a chance to protest and say, well, well hang on, I need to put this condom on. Um, that's happened from time to time, and, and that's not my preference, but, you know. It does happen the other direction as well. Wow. Well, and I would also say, though, if you, um, you know, it. Yeah, I know. I could have spoken up. Yeah, but I, didn't. I think that there's. Well, yeah. So let's let's you know, call a spade a spade. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the same same for women. We have heard me talk about mm-hmm. how the fact that I just couldn't 
take get, it. And I needed, you know, we were going to have sex no matter what. And you get so, caught up in the moment. And, and those are your choices. And you have to stand by those choices. And you have to stand and you have to tell your partner mm-hmm. about your choices. And that's oh, yeah, yeah. The, and I came and I told you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I said, you yeah, know, sorry, but. Oops. <laughs> yeah. And I said, mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> So what else? So, so what? I think we touched on the, the vasodilator part of the conversation, but we didn't really go anywhere with that. And so I wanted to kind of circle back on that for a second. Because, okay. I mean, that's, for me, it was a bit of a game changer. You know, I hit that point where it was like, whether it's what's in my head, or it's been a wonderful weekend, and now I'm just exhausted, or whatever. You know, you reach that point where you're like, I am not meeting my own personal standards as often as I would like to. And so how am I going to deal with this? And so go talk to my friends and they're like, well, I do Viagra. Well, I do Cialis. Well, I do the shots. I do this and I do that. And doing a little online research and figuring out what you think is going to work well for you and then having a conversation with your doctor and figuring out how you're going to procure that in a safe and proper method. But after all the work, right? So now you've got this little pill bottle or whatever. Then what do you do? Because that's not entirely an instant magical cure-all. You have to plan in advance. You have to be aware of what you're eating and drinking mm-hmm. to take it at the right time and the right amount. And it's not difficult. I'm just saying you can't trip into a party, realize you're having a bad day, run to the bathroom, swallow a pill, come back out and perform. That's not going to happen. So there has to be some forethought and you have to begin to learn your body, your state of mind, be able to kind of tell in advance, am I having a great day? Am I tired? Am I frustrated about things that are going to... And always bet towards the negative. So if you've had a stressful day from work, but you're really excited about the party, take the pills anyway. They're not that expensive. The benefit of putting yourself in a place where... And so I'm going to come back to a lot of what we're talking about is what's going on in your head. And so if taking the pills helps you believe in yourself more and gets you through whatever stress and anxiety and marginal questions you may have about your own self, it's well worth it. And no one's going to judge you, even if they know. First off, no one's going to know unless you tell them. Secondly, no one's going to judge you. My experience in the lifestyle is I don't know a single man that I've talked with. And that's pretty much all of the men that I've ever met in the lifestyle so far. It's a common conversation. I don't know any of them that aren't enhancing their performance, period. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree with that. So don't look at it as a weakness. It's part and parcel of where we are in our life right now in our mid-50s, opening up these amazing doors to multiple relationships and multiple sexual partners and tons more sex than you thought was going to happen in any average week of your life. This is just part of the deal. If you want that to go well, if you want to please your partner, if you want to consistently have a good time, find what works for you and use it. And don't beat yourself in any way over that is what I'm trying to say. Good point. What about anything else? Because women have these issues too. Mm -hmm. Women have issues? (laughs) (laughs) We do have performance Mm. issues. Yeah. Yeah. It's not perhaps as obvious (laughs) as it is if a man doesn't right. get a hard on. I mean, we could still perform. Right. We can still have sex, but we can I add lube and mm-hmm. But I think that there so I think for women the if there's a performance issue or performance anxiety, I think for us it's the pressure of having an orgasm. Mm-hmm. And so I think the one thing to to be able to talk about that is to say there is no pressure to have an orgasm. 
then I also think that when you're not comfortable, then that could also lead to performance as well. Mm -hmm. If I know that it's not going well for me, if I'm having that bad day as a woman, Mm -hmm. then my mindset also has to change. And if it doesn't, then the same thing will happen. It's not as an enjoyable experience. Now, because I'm a woman, I can get away with it, but it doesn't make it any better. And I've learned from our experiences that... Just trying to power through it sometimes isn't great. It's it's not great for me. Other women may be able to do that, but it's not great for me. And right. it rarely works out well. Right. And it rare it usually ends up being that he and I don't end up matching because you you can't hide that. I think you can't hide that. No, they pick up that you're not really, really enjoying it. Right. And so I think that there's a time and a place for a woman to be able to say, and that's what I struggle with, is how do I say I'm done without feeling like I'm going to hurt someone's feelings to, to be like, it's not you, it's me, or it's not that I'm not interested, I'm just not feeling it right now. But I, I don't know how to do that either. I think that's something else that I want to talk to other people about. Right, or, or somebody that's so intent on giving you that orgasm. And and you have to be like, man, dude, it may it or may not, not working, happen, right? especially in new situations or group situations, because there's so much going on. It's hard to concentrate. I find that happens a lot. So I think that that's really kind of the more for women. But those things do happen. And some practical things, like if I'm going to a party, I'm not going to eat a big meal, because mm-hmm. that will make me feel so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the last thing I want to do is just lay there and feel feeling uncomfortable from having a big dinner. Right. I always try and not have a lot to drink. Mm-hmm. Like you talked about alcohol before. So, which is also can be challenging when you're in a new situation or a new party. Because you're, you're nervous, nervous and you tend to drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if I'm going someplace new, I'll try. I will usually have, if Tristan drives, <laughs> I will take a, a roadie. I'll take a, a drink in the car. Mm-hmm. Like I won't drink before that, but I'll have a drink in the car just to have, to be relaxed in the car. And then I'll have another drink when I'm there usually. Try not to do more than two. Mm-hmm. But I don't measure my alcohol, so sometimes <laughs> no, no, you don't. I pour it in until it looks right. I'm like, yeah, the ratio looks good to me. That's why I limit it to just beer or wine because I know exactly what I'm getting into. <laughs> now that is not a bad yeah, idea. Yeah, I know if I have a beer, I I know it's like I can at least have a beer or two. But if oh. so, and I never ha- let anybody else make my drinks because I've gotten in trouble with that before. So, yes, typically I'll just have beer and wine. Oh, that's a good idea. So I'm going to take this moment to lump together two or three different ideas that we, in preparation for having this conversation, we kind of noted, here are things we want to make sure we touch on. This is a good point to kind of tie those together in an interesting way, right? So we're talking about the women can have quote-unquote performance issues too. And from their perspective, performance looks more like, am I enjoying this? Is my body responding well? Which from a guy's perspective, right or wrong, I'm not saying I'm right. We've been conditioned by our culture to believe that if a woman is enjoying herself with us, she's going to be soaking wet. That's Mm. not always true, especially when you're jumping into this in your mid-50s and playing with people 10 years either side of that median Mm -hmm. age marker. That may not be true at all, but we've been programmed to believe that. And in that moment, that's what we believe, right? So if we're playing and I'm getting a sense that there's way more friction than there really ought to be, and you are being quiet or reserved or don't just really seem that into it, there's a whole lot of signals and messages there, right? So maybe all we need is a little more lube. Maybe it's just not a good day for you. Maybe we're not a good match. I don't know any of that. 
and all I have are these signals that I'm picking up for you and, and these signals aren't positive. And so now I start this little movie in my head that says, she's not really into me. And now I have a performance issue because I think you're having a performance issue and I think it's my fault. That happens more often than I'd like to admit, mm -hmm. actually, especially when it's someone you don't know well. You don't have a rapport with them. You don't know their personality and their personal signals and what really works for them and doesn't. So you're kind of guessing as you go. and You feel like it's really not going well. And that jar of lube is right there on the nightstand, but we're at the foot of the bed and the nightstand is like a mile away. And <laughs> I'm going to have to pull out and crawl across the mattress to reach the lube. And my God, if I pull out, I'm and not sure I'll get back in. in. That three-second timer <laughs> kicks back in. I mean, you know, we're laughing, but this is all it's serious yeah. shit, right? So here's what can be incredibly helpful in that moment. Tell us what's going on. It is, honest to God, it's one of the best things I've learned since being in the lifestyle. But it is gold to have a play partner who has no reservations about saying, hey, grab that bottle of lube over there and come back. I know she's into me. I know she wants me back. I know she's needing a little lube, which I don't disagree with. Everything's great in that moment. And that was all I needed was just like permission to be human for a minute, to set aside this myth that we carry in our heads, that we have to perform until you're satisfied. And if we don't do it exactly that way, we fucked it up. And the other thing that I've learned, and this was a challenge, is your idea of satisfied and our idea of you being satisfied are probably not the same at all. Mm -hmm. So there have been many, many times, I mean, it's completely common to reach the point where it's like, Either A, I already came, or B, I'm not going to come, and I know it. And then C, I'm not getting clear signals from you. I don't know whether you're done and satisfied, or whether you're bored, or whether you're just in your own little space and everything is wonderful. But we've been going at it for about 45 minutes now, and the party is still going outside the bedroom door. And I don't know whether you want to get back to the party, or you want to keep going with me. And just some kind of helpful word of where we're at. So, as as an example, we were talking a moment ago, what do you do in that moment? How do you communicate that this has been nice, but it's over now? And that's fine. There's not a problem here at all. So phrases like, that was wonderful. I need something to drink. Or I could really use a little bit of a snack right now. Those are great key phrases in a party context that help me understand you're not bored or dismissive of me, but our time together is reaching its end. And that's perfectly fine. Because that can be really difficult for a guy to understand when he's playing with someone that he doesn't know well and he doesn't know how to read the signals, whether you've been satisfied or not. And what does that even mean for you? You know, some women are very, very focused on the big O and you know when they've crossed the finish line. Woo! The fireworks go off and it's like, okay, we can all go get a drink now and catch our breath. Some women are just not that way. Lots of women are just not that way. It's just one after the other, after the other, after the other, and you'll be there for six, seven hours, and they'll just keep going. If one, we're lucky. If we're, <laughs> one after the other, after the other, after the other. And meanwhile, the guy is like, fuck, I don't know if she's having a good time here or not. She just keeps moaning. She doesn't ever open her eyes. And I don't know what's going on. So, you know, there's a, there, there are different levels to performance anxiety, and that's one of them, which is not knowing when it's okay to say we're done. That's a it, different kind it's of... It's different for what the context, because if you're at a party, typically you're aware that other people are wanting that space. Right. 
So typically it's not going to last as long. Whereas if you're like a one-on-one with somebody and can't have all that time together. So the few times that's happened, most of the time the guy comes and we're done. Right. And so then it'll be, okay, let's go get something to eat. Or, you know, somebody needs to, or there's people waiting, they're waiting for the bed. So then that's usually a clue. But right. um, so, and for, for us, because we haven't had as many experiences, I think that that's a really good question. Because mm-hmm. I, for us, any house party that yeah, we've parties been were at, new for us. Yeah, mm-hmm. going, going into, into COVID. COVID. I mean, yeah, we we've only been just started four or five, maybe. I mean, yeah. not a lot at right. all. Mm-hmm. And I also struggled with that. I don't know what, what that is. Because if it's a good night for me, I'm that same way. I will have multiple orgasms, but there is no one big firework show, you know, at the time. And I'm feeling great. I'm good to go whenever you're done usually Mm -hmm. and so the shoe is on the other foot now i'm like i'm feeling like oh man i know there's people waiting for this space and i'm had a great time but i don't know how to say that i don't know it's hard to say well we need to stop right yeah what am i not like i said i how do you how do we say that in a way that's not like are you gonna come right right i don't think that's a very right you know all right so because the guy can really be working it (laughs) and you're like you don't want to stop in the middle of that Well, not only that, but I think at parties like that, the ones that we've been to, Mm -hmm. now again, not a party where you're with a core group of people and it may only be 20 people, but in a larger party where you don't know the person as well. But how do you say that where they, the man may be thinking, I can't come. Mm -hmm. I want to fuck at least three or four more women. Right. Right. And that is a thing. Especially at parties. So he doesn't want to come, but he wants to make sure that I'm satisfied. And I'm thinking, are you going to come? Are you not going to come? And so, and I, that is, that's not a normal conversation. Right. So how can we say that without sounding right. like, okay, us. I'm done. Let's, let's go. Or so, just. And, and I come back to, and there's no rocket science here, but this is so difficult for people to do. This is a human experience kind of thing. And we're not, our culture and our society and everything that we're raised up does not train us for this at all. But I think honesty with compassion is the way to go here. If you're at the point where, if you're thinking about the question, then there's something that's already going on in the room that says we might be near the end here so like i said would you like to go get a drink would you like to get a snack or if you want to be a little more forceful that was amazing i could really use something to drink right now those are all good clues and they they work really well in the party context i've had partners literally say to me oh my god that was so much fun but i know the party is early and i don't want to ruin the rest of your evening which was i know you're trying not to come because there's a half a dozen other women out there you still want to play with and i respected the hell out of them yeah, I yeah that that's was a good really that's a good point move, i like right that. because again it comes back to we want our partners to have the experience of their lifetime at the same time there are six other women out there <laughs> that i want to have the experience of their lifetime <laughs> tonight with me so i gotta hold something back and that's what a party is. If you're in the lifestyle and you're at a party, everyone's playing that game. So there's no disrespect to my partner that I'm thinking that. And if she's an astute lifestyle participant, she knows that as well, mm-hmm. walking in the door. And so I think just supreme honesty with a good sense of humor and compassion is the way to go. If it's been a great evening, say, oh my God, that was awesome. Let's go get a drink and a snack. Mm. And if it hasn't been a great evening, say, oh my God, that was awesome. Let's go get a drink <laughs> and a snack. <laughs> <laughs> okay, duly noted. <laughs> hey, so much for honesty. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. <laughs> for any of you ladies, if you have any Phoenix Fire at any event or anything, you now know his.
secret key phrase. <laughs> the universal key phrase. Okay, that's right. Oh my god, that was great. Let's go get a drink and a snack. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm gonna have to remember that one. <laughs> And that's a really good point, but it still doesn't make it any easier because you are being sensitive to other people and you don't want to feel like you're disappointing them either. But that's a good suggestion or a good some good verbiage to use. And mm-hmm. I think that those things, things like that would be helpful, like to come up with a small list of things that you could do. And it's all situational and, was, and none of this is easy. And right, I was just right. going to say, right. and it may not work in every right. situation. But the, but the thing that I will say, all joking aside, you know, I talk about just bring honesty to the conversation. What I have decided for myself, what I have landed on, and again, this is all pre-COVID, whether it's someone new or someone that I'm incredibly close with and have known for years. I've just landed at the place where if I realize I'm having an off night, as soon as I realize that, I say that. Look, I'm sorry. I'm not going to perform up to my normal standards tonight. I'm happy to do whatever you'd like that I can. And I will stay here with you as long as you're having a great time. And when we're not having a great time anymore, then let's go back out and join the party. I have taught myself to be comfortable saying that out loud. And that's not particularly easy, especially if you're having a really bad night. I mean, it's one thing to say, I'm not going to come with you. And it's another thing to say, you know, we've played together dozens of times. You know I love you, but I'm not going to get an erection tonight. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. What can we do? What can I do to make you happy in the time that we have left together? And I think that's, for me, that's a much more upfront way to go about it. I'm trying to be respectful of my playmate's time. It is a party. There are other people outside the door that she can pick and choose from. I'm trying to let her know that I still find her attractive. It's not about her. I'm the one having a bad evening. And that within whatever capability I can, I'm still more than happy to play with her for as long as she's interested. But at the same time, it's okay to say, I'd rather go back out to the party and fish around some more. And if that's what she wants to do, I'm totally okay with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and we joked about Phoenix Fire's key phrase, but the honesty is important. You know, you have to accept your humanity here. And this ties back into what we touched on before about, especially at big events like Naughty, where you're going nonstop for three or four days and you're pushing yourself and you're tired. You haven't slept well, you haven't eaten well, you drink too much, you're exhausted. All of that stuff is going to catch up with you and i think for me the best thing is honesty to just say i'm not at my best today i'll happily do whatever i can to make sure you have a great time and if that's not what you want cool no harm no foul so and i had a a lovely gentleman one time i was with him and he was having that you know an issue he was he was not getting hard and it was our first time together and it was interestingly it was a person who had contacted me a lot and was like very interested in meeting me and so then when this happened and we got together and then he didn't get hard or he couldn't perform it was kind of this ultra mortifying moment because he had really pursued me and then finally the the moment was here and then nothing. But what I really loved about the situation, because then that made me feel like, oh shit, he's been working so hard to meet me and now he meets me and it's such a disappointment. Mm. You know, that Because we, as women, feel right. that too. Yeah. That, that right. yes, that there is a disconnect or something's happened. But he was great about it in saying almost that exact type thing. Like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I have been so excited to meet you, but I am great 
at oral and I'm great at, you know, XYZ or I would love to do this to you. And so I said, okay, because it was, he was able to actually stop me from spiraling because I felt instantly like, wow, he had this expectation of who he was meeting and then he finally meets me and it's like nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't the particular case, but that's what I felt. And Mm -hmm. he, he was very great and gracious about saying those exact same things. And that was the first time that I'd really had someone say, yes, but here's what's going on. And it was great. And it totally put me at ease. And we ended up having a great time actually played together again later on in the night. And he still was having issues because it was it was a global issue for him Mm -hmm. in that evening. But I had a great time. I was Mm -hmm. like, heck, yeah, you know, and we will totally catch up next time when you're not having this. And maybe that won't happen again. So it was very refreshing. You're definitely right. It's just putting yourself in the situation or being vulnerable enough to be honest about what can happen. And I had something similar earlier on at a party. A gentleman came up and he said, I can't get hard. My body just doesn't work that way anymore. But I would love to spend some time with you. I can do oral fingers. I'm like, sure. I mean, he was up front, totally up front at first. And I had a great time with him. Mm -hmm. And it was nice that he was able to tell me that up front. So we both knew what the expectations were. And we had a nice time. There was nobody was disappointed. We had a great time. So so he doesn't get hard at all Mm -hmm. anymore. He just said he can't get hard. Mm -hmm. Either health reasons Mm -hmm. or he's on medication or something. I, I had never met him before. So, you know, for a total stranger to say that, that took a lot of guts to say that to somebody that you've just met. So I really appreciated that. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's go. And we had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I've also been with a guy who knows that he struggles with performance. And so he will very proactively tell you, and I've heard him with other women at a party, and we've been to a couple of parties, and he'll say, give me a minute, just got to give me a minute, I'll get there. And he knows what he needs to do for himself. Mm -hmm. And I think once you've been around him long enough, you also realize it too. But it was also very refreshing to hear him basically telling the women up front, this may happen, but hang with me. And I promise it'll end up being okay. And it it always has been. Mm -hmm. But yet he knew his own limitation and had gotten to a place where he could be very comfortable talking Mm -hmm. about this may happen and so give me a minute and we'll regroup and do whatever and I think that's huge and it's all about practice and it's all about being in the situation and I think one of the reasons we really wanted to talk about performance anxiety in and of itself is that it's going to happen both sides of the coin ladies for us what we can do to make it better or not as painful is to be forgiving Mm -hmm. is to be is to say hey it's not a problem oh my god that has nothing to do with it like I said if I'm with somebody, we're in bed because I find you attractive. I find you mentally stimulating, emotionally stimulating, you know, whatever all those other things mm-hmm. are. The sex is the the part that comes with it. And so we don't have to do, but not everybody's like that. And as you Phoenix have said that the, the one lady is like, nope, I came here to get fucked. And if that's not what you're gonna be able to do, I'm out. And then you're like, oh, cool, no problem. Right. But it's still hard, sort of not a pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> it's still challenging. <laughs> Right. <laughs> when you find yourself in that situation about how to handle it. And I think, like I said, the reason we want to do this episode is because it's A, it's going to happen. B, it's going to both sides of the coin. You're going to have to handle it. And when it does happen to just realize that it may or may not be you, but there's still ways to be gracious about it. And if you don't connect because you're not connecting, you know that also, mm-hmm. but you can still be gracious about it. You know, yeah. you don't have to be a bitch and yeah. he doesn't have to be an asshole about it. And I've never had anybody, any guy be kind of a dick about them not getting hard. They're usually embarrassed 
embarrassed, but even if there's no connection, they're still embarrassed by it. So that's totally fine. And you just say, hey, it's no problem. We'll move on or find something else to do. And sometimes I don't want to find anything else to do because there wasn't a connection. Mm-hmm. And so right. the, that's the piece of like, hey, you know what? It's just totally fine. Why don't we get a drink and a snack and we'll regroup? But you don't really have to regroup later. That's really the bottom line is how to be gracious about it. I would agree with that because, I mean, being gracious about it is the best thing you can do in that moment to help it. And maybe that's all the help we need. And if it's not, then continuing to be gracious about it is greatly appreciated mm-hmm. at the very least. You know, whether there's it's a just connection. a good human response. Exactly. Yeah. It's completely mm-hmm. normal. Yeah. If there's a connection, we'll try again later. And if there's just not a connection, yeah, well, you know, we gave it a shot. Right. You won't end up talking about that part, but you'll you'll know it. Yeah. Well, I think this has been very helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Anybody have anything to add about it? I think we've talked it to death. I think we have. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, and again, the piece that's so important, and this is why we do this. This is why Tristan and I decided to do this, is because we want to let you know these things are going to happen. And so the the more prepared you are... You're still going to stumble. You're still going to bumble. You're still, it's still going to be probably awkward. But at least if you can go, oh, yeah, what did Phoenix say I'm supposed to say? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, that was great. Let's go get a snack. (laughs) And a drink. (laughs) And a drink. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So if nothing else, just remember that. But because you're going to have the experiences, they're going to happen more than once. And so the more comfortable that you get with them. And unfortunately for you guys, it's definitely something that's going to happen. You can't fake it as well as women can. But again, being upfront and honest about all of that. And if you're in a place where you can't be upfront and honest, in other words, if you're with people who don't respect that, then that may not be your tribe. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That's true. Yeah. If you if you're feeling like that, you got dissed for something like yeah. that. Nobody that, needs that. Yeah. No, then that's not your group. Mm-hmm. It's okay, and it's okay. You're gonna find Absolutely. people that you go, mm, yeah, don't need to go back there. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, totally fine. Tried it. Wasn't great. We've been to a couple of venues, and we were like, mm, don't know that we'll come back. Yeah. Wasn't our tribe, you know. So right. Right. Anything else? I think that covers it. Yeah. This has been fun. <laughs> well, thanks, guys, for letting us uh, harangue you into doing this. Well, thank think, you for having us. <laughs> I, think, I think you'll be making other guest appearances, I, I'm pretty sure. For us, the next episode that we're going to be doing is another we're going to talk about now. We've been to New Orleans and now we've come home we had that massive kind of paradigm shift Mm -hmm. that we talked about in episode 10 where we realized the types of swingers we thought we were going to be not necessarily what our path was right Mm -hmm. so we our path started to shift then yes so we actually now start getting into some more even um, different play than we thought that we were that mm-hmm. we were ever going to do. We Again, we thought we were going to be with couples only and maybe a few single guys, and that's starting to shift a little bit. So we have a lot of stories to talk about in our next episode. We do. With a bunch of new people that next we met several after, episodes. after our trip. We have what to talk about for the next several? The next several episodes. Oh, more stories? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It gets exciting. Yeah. This is when we kind of really <laughs> start, start to come lifting into our off. Own, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is where we each kind of start to come into our own a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. and experience different things. So we hope that you guys will hang out for that. So that will be coming up in a couple of weeks. If you have questions or information that you want to share or comments, you can send us emails at marina at accidentalswingers.com or... 
Tristan at accidentalswingers.com. That's right. Or you can find us at Instagram at accidentalswingers. We are also on Twitter. It's at Marina underscore Tristan because I couldn't fit Accidental Swingers. <laughs> it's the whole name. They ran out. I ran out of characters and I couldn't make it look good. So it's just Marina underscore Tristan on Twitter. And yeah, so if you can listen and go to your podcast player and give us a review, send us a shout out. We appreciate it. And with that, I guess we'll see you guys next time. Until next time. That's right. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Love this episode of The Accidental Swingers? Pop on over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to our show. And while you're there, you can leave us a review. You can also visit our website, accidentalswingers.com, to get show notes, read our blog, or find out about our next adventure. Join us next time and listen along as we bumble our way through this adventure that we call The Lifestyle. And how much yeah. are we dating ourselves by using for oh, oh, by using <laughs> Antonio Banderas? We who Kimasabi? No, no, no. <laughs> that goes back to I just got out of bed with a seventy-year-old woman. I'm exhausted. <laughs> that has happened. Sixty-nine. <laughs> I don't think I've hit seventy yet, but sixty-nine, yes. And... What a great year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>